Welcome to the CLB Forge Podcast. This is the show to help equip you and your church for mission, ministry, and multiplying disciples. Here are your hosts, Pastor Mike Natal and Dr. Ryan Nilsson. All right, welcome to episode 35. We're on uh, a Mike and Ryan episode of uh, Breakdowns, and we're doing our Church on Track series, and we are on breakdown uh, number two. And Ryan, we spend a lot of time on our podcast talking about what's better, Star Wars or Star Trek. But realistically, I didn't start watching Star Wars until I was probably in middle school. But before then, there were things called Saturday morning cartoons. Are you a fan of Saturday morning cartoons, Ryan? Why, yes, I am, Mike. When you were growing up, what was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon? Hmm. Probably G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Oh, I can't do that because of copyright. So (laughs) hopefully I snapped it before we got to it. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, yeah, dude, love G.I. Joe's. G.I. Joe great uh another one that i really used to like dino riders but one of my really favorite ones was transformers oh and optimus prime dude, <laughs> that's where you're going optimus prime got me every time i almost was like, said autobots roll out what what were you gonna say yeah Ryan? i almost said transformers like you almost said transformers oh, yeah. and that would have been perfect yeah because today we find ourselves on breakdown number two and breakdown number two has to do with transformers because yeah. it is called uh transformative spirituality and so ryan why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction to what those two very large words actually mean yeah absolutely so just as a, rem- a reminder for our, our viewers and listeners our in our church on track series we're taking a a few episodes to talk about breakdown areas these are areas that need special attention and maintenance in your church that they need to be evaluated and assessed and updated and changed periodically they need regular maintenance our first one was leadership we today we're talking about transformational spirituality and we have a few more to to come after this transformational spirituality is a pretty important concept you know one of the the tagline of our show includes that we're the show to help equip you and your church for mission ministry and multiplying disciples transformational spirituality is really all about. It's a key component of discipleship. One writer calls it theological core of the matter in church growth, the life of faith as a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And someone else describes it as renewed belief in Jesus Christ and the mission of the church, renewed attitude for servanthood, and more strategic prayer effort. So I love that. So transformational spirituality is about the work of Christ, the work of God in our world, affecting our lives and our hearts so that we are not just hearing what Jesus is teaching us, but we're obeying and mm. and it's changing our lives that God, we're allowing God to change our hearts and change our lives and change the way we spend our time and, and what we do with our time and our treasure and our talents. Is that somewhat like sanctification? Uh, I, oh, man, don't what you're asking sorry, me theological questions bad, on dude. this show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think it's part of sanctification, allowing yeah, the, the more transformational that you, spirituality to happen. Yeah, the more yeah. that you described it, the more I'm hearing sanctification. You know, the work that God is going to do in you in order to yeah. produce yeah. Yep. that transformative 
yeah attitude in your life and maybe maybe the way for us to be thinking about this topic is that we there are some things that we do to resist God's sanctifying work in our lives and working together as a church to engage in transformational spirituality we can kind of uh, remove some of the barriers to uh, that keep us from uh, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Mm. So there's a, just a few brief pointers that I want, want to cover as we talk about transformational spirituality. This is a very, very broad topic. Again, it's one of the themes of our show. It's the mission of the church. We're not going to do it justice in a few minutes, but what is your? how does your church need to be engaged in this? That's what we want to, we, we want to focus on. I think one, one of the first things is to keep in mind what we want to accomplish, and that is we are not just talking about knowledge transfer. I think when we talk as churches about spiritual and discipleship, we reduce it down to one thing, and that's the transfer of Bible knowledge. And that is a key part of it, but it is not the only thing. So we, we boil down teaching new disciples, we boil it down to transferring information to them. One-way information transfer from a teacher to a student. And mm. it doesn't get the effects that we desire, but we keep doing that anyway keep it boiled down to just that and we keep doing it over and over and over again because we think what I, can, can we, I ask you why yeah. you think we do that convenience well, you think yeah I think we'd rather not engage like I think there's well-meaning reasons why we don't so like a very positive one is we highly value God's word right it is very very important to us so it's very easy for us to say well all we have to do is teach God's word and um and people will figure it out but the way we teach God's word we we're we oftentimes do it ineffectively, where we just tell people information and call that teaching God's word, right? Yeah. There's so much more. As we unpack what's involved, which we'll do here in a second, then we'll see some of the things that are a part of transformational spirituality are things we like to avoid having happen mm. to us. And again, it means changes in our life, God working changes in our life, the way we spend our time and who we spend our time with and what we spend our time doing. So here are some of the things that are a part of it's not a complete list. Here are some of the things that are a part of transformational spirituality. Developing strategies as a church to help people grow in their understanding of the Bible. That's one part of it. And that's the part we usually focus on. Although we may not have a strategy, we may just say, hey, we're teaching this and this. This is what the teacher feels like teaching on. So that's what our adult Bible class is going to be about. And you can go to it or not. It's kind of how we, we tend to do it. But what what if we were to look at it from this topic and say, okay, if, if, an, if an adult were going to come to our church for five years, or in the three years we have students in middle school, what are the key theological tenets that we should impart to these students in their three years in middle school? What are the spiritual disciplines that we want to teach them? If we, if, if we had a family, a, you know, a set of parents that came to the church only for five years, what would we try and teach them? to leave them mm. best equipped as followers mm. of Christ after that. That's a strategic way to think about how you're going to teach and what you're going to teach. But it's not just mm. limited to teaching. It also includes helping people grow, not just in their understanding of the Bible, but also helping people grow in their spiritual disciplines, helping people grow in worship, giving, missional living, evangelism, spiritual gifts, ministry involvement, community engagement. And even things like getting into spiritual disciplines, things like living lives of simplicity in a consumer-driven culture, to live a life of simplicity, that that's an example of uh, one of those spiritual disciplines. So this is not just teaching. And I heard somebody talking about this the other day, a seminar that I was in about, about disciple-making movements. And what we often do in churches is we simply teach, which is to transfer information. Mm. But what we need to be doing is training, and that is the development of skills. It's not just about information. It's about skills. Yeah. 
It's not just about knowledge. It's about practices, things we do and engage in, routines, rhythms of life. So I'm reading a book right now. It's uh, I think it's called The Common Rule, and I haven't finished it yet, so I don't want to say too much about it, like review it or anything. But one of the things that's been really helpful for me to see is the rule of life is kind of a guide for introducing healthy spiritual habits into your life. And I've, I've just been needing that, especially during the pandemic. Life has been crazy. And I've let healthy rhythms and habits go out of my life. And I've allowed busyness to come in. Mm. And so a, a rule of life is this ancient spiritual discipleship practice where you would outline certain habits and rhythms that you're going to engage in through the day to help you be a better follower of help you to better follow Christ, not to be a better follower of Christ, but to be uh, giving more space for God in your life. That's a better way to put it. I always think of rule of life like a law that you're going to follow. And I falsely thought it was, okay, you're going to follow these rules and that will get you in better with God, which we know is works Mm. righteousness and that's false, right? Correct. But the term rule actually comes from this Latin word regula, which I guess means like a trellis. So if you've ever done any gardening, some plants, you put up a, a trellis or a frame or stakes and the plant grows on it. And that's what the idea is behind this in this whole topic. As a church family, we have an opportunity to set up like a garden trellis where, where that allows people to grow and flourish as disciples. So when you have small groups and mentoring and Bible, cl- you know, classes that deal with certain things, the Bible and other topics and issues, when you're teaching about these rhythms and practices, you are kind of setting up a trellis for people to grow on, for their faith to grow. Nice, dude. Mm-hmm. That's our first vegetable analogy. Oh, yeah. You're right. That is so good. You're right. You know, so as the body of Christ, we have some cucumbers, we have some snow peas, we got some regular peas, some green beans. What else are what else are trellised vegetables? Roses. I mean, that's not a vegetable, but like roses get trellised. Oh. And I think a lot of it wow. has to do with um, structure. So I'm doing a Bible study through the book of Exodus right now. And the Ten Commandments were hinged on the fact that God freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And he knew that they needed structure and guidance. Otherwise, they would have quarrels all the time, fights all the time. They wouldn't know whose stuff was what. They wouldn't have respect for each other. And so God gave them those commandments in order to help and guide them. And I think a lot of times, like people sometimes look at rules and they're like, man, that's a buzzkill or like, man, that's really hampering or, or controlling as opposed to looking at them as like, uh, this is guidance and structure to help you thrive. Because when you, th- if you don't trellis certain plants, they're going to die. They're not going to produce, but if you do trellis, so like roses, for instance, if you don't trellis roses, at least the ones that shoot up, they're going to grow on the ground and they won't really produce flowers. But if you trellis them, they're going to grow so many different roses. Wow. That, yeah. And I, and it's really cool to think about it in that way of saying like, God gave us these things, even all of these, this first part, uh, giving us the opportunity for spiritual discipleship, for worship, for giving, for evangelism, for different spiritual gifts, ministry involvement. God gave us those 
so that we could thrive just wow. like the trellis. I'm so proud yeah. of you, Ryan. That's Man. so good. Well said, Mike. That was beautifully That's so put. good. Beautifully put. Here, here's another another point along this line. So number two, use a system. So if you're gonna you're gonna provide this trellis for lots of people, you're gonna need to use a, a system, which is a repeatable, replicatable method, like small groups, having a small group system where you are able to train multiple people to be leaders. You help them learn how to select curriculum, how to facilitate conversations, and how to lead and care for a group of people. That's huge. And you want to diversify the format and structure of those small groups as well. So they they are they focus on different issues. They have uh, they work different ways. They have different emphases, different leaders, and this is a this can be a real key to health in your church. And it helps get you away from. A common theme I see in some of our smaller churches is like one or two people are the really gifted teachers, and they're the only ones that wind up teaching. Mm. And so it might be like only that there might be this feeling like only the pastor can lead a, a small group Bible study, or only the pastor can teach an high school class, or only this one person. Small groups uh, make the job of spiritual transformation, leading that accessible to more people. More people can do that because you're not just trying to do one-way information transfer from one gifted teacher to a whole group of students. You're, you're equipping and training people to facilitate and lead lead small groups where different things are happening. So oftentimes we like to have like a, a pastor or the best lay teacher in the church and mm. only them. And we tend mm. to make it only about teaching Bible knowledge. And I would really, really encourage you to add uh, more emphases and components to your small group than just that. So uh, learning spiritual disciplines and putting them into practice, engaging in some kind of mission in your community, serving a group of people, maybe in your neighborhood or in a part of your community, serving together, helping people discover their spiritual gifts, caring for one another, building relationships. There's These are some really good things that we mm-hmm. often neglect. And again, because we are people of the word, we unintentionally sabotage some of those things from happening. So we say, well, the most important thing is learning the Bible. Therefore, we shouldn't be spending time building relationships with people in our community or serving others in our community, that those are going to actually, they're going to weaken our ability to learn the Bible. Or if we spend less time on learning the Bible, we're going to learn less of it. And what actually happens, so research shows that when you have a group that's focused on uh, learning spiritual disciplines and having a missional focus, people actually are more likely to be engaged in personal discipleship habits that you're trying to encourage in the first place. Mm-hmm. So instead of you know just telling people, instead of just focusing on Bible study and telling people what to do, you do it with them, you show them, and people are more likely to then read the Bible on their own, to pray on their own, to have spiritual conversations and share their faith with people. When you diversify the objectives that you're seeking from your small groups beyond mm-hmm. simply transferring Bible knowledge. Mm-hmm. And again, we have this well-intentioned hang-up because we are people of the word. We kind of oversimplify our approach to small group discipleship. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it really, if you're honest with yourself, you will step back and be able to identify this not only in yourself, but also in your church as well. Yeah. You'll be able to see this and you'll be able to see other areas in which you can make a difference. You know, one of the things that I always encourage people to do is if you're looking for ways to reach out to other people or to grow your ministry, my first question is, well, are you praying about it? And then usually people step back and they're like, Oh, because most of the time, if, you're, if your mindset is on 
Lord, help me to reach. And I would even get down to naming a specific person. Lord, show me ways that I can minister to this individual. And then the more you pray about it, you'd be amazed how God opens up those doors by keeping your mind on that individual. And so, yeah, I mean, I would... All of this, you know, this system uh, is tremendous. And one of the things, you know, once again, we talked about this in, um, in the first episode, but Jesus did this by leading by example. Yeah. You know, think about like yeah. learning the Lord's prayer. His disciples yeah. came up to him and they, and he said, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And instead of Jesus saying, well, uh, you just close your eyes and you say some words. He literally told them what to say. Yeah. Yeah. He said, pray yeah. like this. Yeah. And he gave them a template. He didn't say this is the only way you can pray, yeah. but he gave them a template in order to teach them how to do it. Yeah, that's that's good. That's beautiful. Yeah. So here, here's an example of like the difference between how we normally do small groups and mm-hmm. transformationally transformational spirituality through small groups. So standard small group, you do a study on prayer and you read Bible passages about prayer and you talk about prayer and you pray. And then you move on to the next topic. In a group focused on transformational spirituality or discipleship, you read about prayer in the Bible, you learn about it, you talk about it, you put it into practice, you develop habits, you Mm. incorporate it into areas of your life and and rhythms in your life that you weren't before. Nice. And you wrestle with it and you learn as you're practicing. When you're together as a group, you're sharing Mm. what you're learning and the barriers you're facing and and what's challenging. And you don't move on to the next topic until you've been wrestling with this and and you've engaged in it. Yeah. So, yeah. And we see Jesus, you know, there's like that kind of progression happens in his ministry too, right? I mean, he's... He's teaching his disciples and he's he sends the 12. Later on, he sends the 72. Mm-hmm. Anyway, third thing we want to talk about today is is modeling prayer. Church leaders, one, one a major thing that you can do to help promote transformational spirituality in your church is to model prayer. And you do this in all kinds of ways. You live it. You teach people how to live it by showing it. You create uh, meaningful spaces in your worship service for it. You create places in your building for it. You create times and rhythms for it to happen corporately and individually. One example of how you can model this is when you're talking with somebody in the foyer and they share about something big going on. Instead of saying, oh man, I'm sorry, I'll pray for you. You actually stop and pray for them right there. Yeah. Yep. And guess what's happening all around you? People are, they're not part of it, but they see you're praying and you're saying, this is how we do life, right? If you're a pastor or an elder or a ministry leader, you're being a model. Everyone else is watching you to see what does it mean to do life as a Christian? You're showing them that. You're showing them it's okay to pray here. And mm. transformational spirituality, along with spiritual disciplines, things like that, it's more often caught than taught. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Much more caught than taught. Way to go, Dr. Not, Seuss. Not original but that's to me. really good. Yeah. 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 Who is it original to, Dr. Seuss? No, one of my elders, one of my former elders, Tom Palmer, back when I was a pastor. He's still an elder at Praise. Good man. Shout out to Tom Palmer. Shout out. Some of the best lines I use, I learned from him. And that's one of them. And he got it from somebody else. I can't remember who it is. Cool. So we'll give him credit for it. Number four. And here, here's our, our last point today. Base ministry on spiritual gifts, not institutional needs. Shape over the long haul. Shape the ministry of your church, not around the organizational needs of your church, but around the spiritual gifts of the people that God has placed in your church. And this will help you from making the church focused on its internal needs, running, managing, maintaining programs, 
and rather on empowering people to use their spiritual gifts. Mm. And this enca- this encourages more people to get involved in ministry. It empowers them to do ministry, and it it helps avoid a pattern of filling ministry slots to keep a, an older ministry program going. It also helps you focus on every helps you assess and evaluate every program. Oftentimes we have programs that run too long and we do it because we've always done it. Keep it going because it's near and dear to a special person in the church and it may no, may no longer be effective, may no longer be serving the mission of the church, but we we put a lot of manpower and effort into it. So another like another example of this is um we talked about we've talked about committees on this show and and how an unhealthy church gets more and more complicated and decisions get more and more difficult to make. They're made higher and higher up the chain and people aren't empowered to make leadership decisions. Mm -hmm. And so there are these complicated decision processes that happen in committee meetings. People don't want to be on committees, you know, unless they're looking for their identity in it or something. They're not generally new disciples are not going to be like, man, you know what I really want to do is serve on a committee (laughs) to read minutes from the last meeting. Like they want to make a difference mm-hmm. and, we, and we want to empower people to make a difference. So helping people engage in their gifting means we're going to do, be doing more ministry that's externally focused. And that's a great direction to orient our Totally. Church. If you look at yeah. how much money, time, man hours, all those kinds of things that we put into internal ministry versus external, internal is usually way, way higher. And that's not good. That's not good. And it's not good for our spiritual growth either. Mm-hmm. So there we have it, Mike. Just some brief thoughts about transformational spirituality. We could go on for the on this on day, for days and days, but here here are a yeah. few brief thoughts that things that prove to be challenging for churches and ways that you can evaluate, assess, and provide some good maintenance, upkeep, and change to help provide a, a healthy trellis for people to grow as disciples of Christ. Solid, I like it. Yeah, this 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 was great. If this wet your appetite towards something, especially towards transformational spirituality, there's a lot more resources out there about it. Yeah. Correct, Ryan? Oh, ab- absolutely. Yep. And so if you'd like, you can look for some of those resources since this is just the tip of the iceberg yep. uh, of what we're looking at. So, and if you'd like more information, I'm sure you could just send us an email podcast at clbforge.org. And we'd be happy to send you a little bit more information on transformational spirituality uh, and how you can incorporate that into your ministry. So Ryan, thanks again. You rock. And don't forget today we were talking about transformers. Uh, on our podcast, uh, which is great. And to our listeners, thank you for for tuning in. And we would encourage you to share this podcast with a friend or colleague. We would love to hear how people are chewing on this stuff and really relating to it. But for now, we're going to say talk to you guys later. And thanks for tuning in. See ya. Thanks, everybody. This has been an episode of the CLB Forge podcast with Pastor Mike Natal and Dr. Ryan Nilsson. Thanks for listening. We welcome your questions and comments. Email us at podcast at clbforge.org.